Welcome to the Offer Letter Podcast, the place where real career coaches and HR professionals prepare you to answer job interview questions. I'm your host and interview coach, Michael Manzano, here to help you get your offer letter. Today's question is, tell me a story about yourself. This question might sound a little strange at first, and I'm sure that lots of questions are going through your head, like, what kind of story do they want to hear, or why are they asking this, or which story should I tell them about? Like, should it be the one where I was in college, or how about that interesting one where I encountered that crocodile at 7-Eleven? Now, you might be thinking that there's just so many stories that you want to tell. So how do you choose what is the right one, or which is the right one? To help us get a better grasp on how you should be answering this question is Carol Stizza. She's a speaker who spent over 25 years studying the differences between corporate and military leadership, identifying the best practices of both. She's an internationally acclaimed speaker, best-selling author, and executive leadership coach. She's also an expert in resilience, having survived three car crashes and a stage three cancer diagnosis. I'm thankful she has a ton of HR experience and also gave up her brief career as a professional water skier to share her wisdom with us. So Carol, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. Where are you joining us from today? I am in glorious Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado, the the place of the Denver Nuggets of the NBA. And the Avalanche. And, and, the, and the Rockies <laughs> and the Prague. Yes, uh, I've only been here since um, the pandemic. I moved here in 2020, but um, we had lived here once before with the military. And it is, I would call this the sunshine state. We have 300 days of sunshine and people don't know that because they just think of snow or the mountains. But let me tell you, this is a happy, healthy place. A lot wow. of sunshine to be had, a lot of hiking, a lot of fun. Wow. So if anybody is thinking of moving to uh, Denver, sorry, Florida, but Denver is the sunshine state. Yes, but don't come. We have too many people. Go ahead. Go go away. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Stay in Florida. Yes. Stay, stay, stay in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) So Carol, we've got an interesting question today and uh, I want to know, why don't you tell me a story about yourself? And first of all, let's jump right into it. Why would an interviewer ask this question? Well, they normally don't ask specifically, tell me a story about yourself. They'll go, so tell me about yourself. But it's a brilliant opportunity to realize that this is the perfect spot for a great story that connects you to the job you're interviewing for. So, for example, when I was first going to college and being interviewed um, by the administrative person that I was seeing, I wanted to be a teacher. And so she said, oh, well, just tell me a little about yourself. It wasn't a job interview, but I'm really wanting to go to this particular college. So it mattered. And I started, uh, I I kind of had known about this. I, I, I knew stories mattered. I'd heard my grandfather tell stories, heard my uncle who's a World War II pilot tell stories. And I said, well, imagine a little kid riding their bike to school gets to school to be met with a new substitute teacher. But this substitute teacher was so good at opening up my eyes to a particular book that I thought was going to be the most boring book ever that I fell in love with reading. 
And when I was going through middle school and high school, it was my English teachers that I resonated with the most. So today I'm here to seek going to the school because I really want to be that teacher for someone else, which makes today very relevant and why I have a very keen interest in attending your college for that degree. And I love it. And you know what? Stories are so important because nobody's going to turn down a story. If you say, let me tell you a story, no one's going to say, no, no, I don't want to hear a story. I don't want to hear it. Exactly. Because that's how we relate to people. And I like what you were talking about, how they could frame it as tell me a story about yourself. But in reality, that's the same thing as saying, tell me about yourself. So, Carol, how would you or sorry, why don't you give me some tips and tricks on how you would answer this question? Sure. If you've ever watched a baking show and you sit there on the edge of your seat and you see all the things they're doing and then you see the end product. You have this idea what the end product is. Well, imagine being in an, uh, somebody else's kitchen trying to bake a cake for your mother-in-law on her 60th birthday and suddenly smoke comes pouring out of the oven and the fire alarms are going off and you have to run out and open all the windows and you're going, no one is ever going to believe that I'm this bad at baking a cake. But that is exactly um, untrue because the cake turned out brilliant. What I hadn't done was make sure the pan I put the batter in was big enough for the cake that was going to grow. And so the smoke and the fire was all coming from the bottom of the oven. The cake turned out to be a brilliant pineapple upside down cake for Hawaiian themed 60th birthday that we still talk about today. That fact that my my um, sister-in-law's neighbor still thinks I tried to burn down her house. Um, but I tell you that story because a lot of what we're trying to do is create a moment in time that you can envision, that you can relate to, and then tell a little bit about myself that's relatable. And while I'm not applying to be a baker and you're not asking me about a baking podcast, it was a story that came up that allowed you to say, oh, okay, she's had mistakes She's it's a funny story. It still turned out OK. She understood her what went wrong. Um, but it's just one of many stories that can be crafted to let people know a little bit about you that's relatable. If I were asked about a job, however. And they said, tell me a time when something unexpected happened, I could use that same story. But I also know of all these other times in my life that something unexpected at work happened too. Um, for example, imagine sitting at your desk and you get a phone call and the instructor that was supposed to come and instruct your Candy University workshop that you've been working a long time with to get all these attendees from Hershey's and Nestle's and everybody to attend had been in a car accident and now he's in a coma. And the school is about to start in a week You've gotten all the ingredients donated. You've gotten the other instructors to support this main instructor and all these great attendees from these fabulous candy company um, attending. And you have to think on your feet and like, well, we don't know if this wonderful instructor is going to wake up. And even if they do, would they be prepared? No, they'd be healing and recovering. So I had to call the university that we were hosting it at, I had to call the, um, the designer of all the courses, I had to call my boss who had this was her big idea. 
And we were able to pull the other university instructors together as a team and refacilitate and reassign topics all involving the science behind making the candy you love to eat. And it went off with a hitch, but it took a collective team, a collective understanding and really some fast thinking that everybody felt included and it created new synergy. So it taught me that when the unexpected happens, the more people that are involved that you include in the solution, the more buy-in you have and the better product you're going to deliver, even if it's a one-off product, because next year this instructor came back. Um, unexpected things can breed brilliant results. And that experience taught me a lot about what engagement means, what teamwork means, and what communication means when you communicate what the end result is supposed to be. Carol, those stories came out so effortlessly for you. And they were wonderful. How could somebody be a better storyteller? So and I'm glad you asked that because that was something that um, I got to dive into when I was asked to start teaching um, interview habits. My background is in HR, so I have a real love of people being able to show up as their best. So I formulated a, just a really quick on your fingertips. One, set the stage. Open up with a moment in time that you can people can picture the day when the phone rings, my cup of coffee in hand, whatever, and then offer people the challenge. What was the problem that was presented to you that you needed to solve? And then what was all of the output of actions, including yours? You start off with, here's what I knew to do. Here's who I included. Here's what my team did. So I call it output so that you collectively talk about the output. Then talk about the results, what happened. But then you talk about E, what that experience taught you. So it technically it's spelled score. S, set the stage. C, present the challenge. O, list your out actions and the output of everyone else. R for results and E for experience. And then when we tested it, we realized that people's attention, when they ask you a question, they only kind of have two minutes. So we found that if you could use the first four letters to showcase a very succinct story for one minute and use that last letter experience to share what that experience taught you for the second minute, they were eating out of the palm of your hand and already picturing how you were going to talk to the people you work with, the people you reported to, and the boss when you were hired. Now, let's say, Carol, that somebody goes over two minutes. How sure. much of a, I guess, a red flag might that be for the interviewer? Let's say they go maybe five minutes. Is there a <laughs> well, limit that there, there should is. be? There's now there's two rules of thought here. One, as long as the story is interesting and they're listening and engaged, bonus, right? And you know when someone's engaged because they're watching you. They're not looking at their paper. They're not off doodling. So two minutes was a really um, good aim. But let's say you go to two and a half or three. What you want to do is the reason you want to keep it that short is you want to give them space to ask follow up questions to show you where they're interested the most in you. There is a myth that you have to tell every detail so that they do not miss any part of any experience you've ever had. Wrong. They don't care yet. Give them enough that they go, ooh, I want to know more. And when they ask a follow-up question, now you know what they're really interested in. 
that's great because there's some interviews that I've been in and people just go on and on and on and on. And some of them are very good. You know, they, they make you think, I want to know more. But then there's also those other ones where you say, I don't want to know more. I want you to be quiet and get over with <laughs> or get the story finished. So I love how you do put a time to this to give us a kind of a good idea of how long it could be or should be, because, you know, everybody's attention is different and people mm -hmm. like it when you're just more direct, clear and concise and you get all of those right facts, but also giving us that story that we'll all be interested in. So, Carol, why don't you give us uh, one? Could you give us one more example? I know you've given us a couple already, but could you give us one more example of how you would answer this question? If somebody said to you, um, why don't you tell me a story about yourself? I'll, I'll share an example. My uncle, um, I grew up hearing repeatedly. Um, and the reason I share this is, is you need to practice a story and you need to practice it so that you can mark you can market for the right audience. So when I was growing up, my uncle was a World War II pilot. And this is how I learned this technique, because he would go, he'd have his hands in the shape of an airplane. He goes, and there I was. And you were sucked in. Right. And there I was. He started every time. There I was. And he actually flew, flew and dropped paratroopers over Normandy. There I was flying over Normandy, the beaches of Normandy. We had no idea what was happening. The challenges of war. We are all scared that we won't come home. Right. And he's painting this picture. And when he was talking to a group of little kids, as he ended, and he says, and you know what that taught me? That taught me that practice makes perfect. So when your parents want you to practice the piano or practice baseball, go to practice. Practice makes it automatic and you get better and better and better. If it was to teenagers, he, he would say, because I remember going, he changed the ending. Oh, no, he changed the ending. <laughs> but he was talking to teenagers. You know what that taught me? That taught me that to trust your teammates, to trust your wingman. To trust mm -hmm. the people that you pull around you because they're there to be successful, too. Don't think it's anybody out to get you. And if it was just the adults, you know, he changed it to say, hey, you know what that taught me? That, you know, you have to get back up every day, even when you're scared. You have to do it again. Get back up. Don't stay down. And it was the same story in the beginning. You know, set the stage, the challenge, war. Here's what my, my I was doing, my co-pilot, my navigator, the bomber, everybody was doing. We got everybody safely dropped, you know, where they ever dropped. Now, we don't know how safely they ended up after being dropped. We, we, we've heard all the movies. But that E, that what that experience taught me, because he practiced that story, he could change that what that taught me to match who he was talking to brilliantly. And I go, that, that's what makes good storytelling, is when you can directly connect to whoever is listening it matters. So when I was able to work with people who were on the interview hunt, you know, I call it the big adventure every every time it is a big adventure. I said, look at the job you're interviewing for and match your experience to what you're bringing to the table for that job. This experience taught me that I can do this and this and this and I can offer this to you and I can do this for you and I can do this for you. This is what I pull from all the time when this in, when this situation comes up at work. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing for you. I love that you bring that up on how you can change that, those experiences, because you mentioned a little earlier, too, that you can reuse the same story for different questions. And this just shows how flexible you could be with that SCORE uh, acronym that you, you mentioned. 
All you need to do is really just change the experience, but you can use the same story over and over to adapt to those different questions. You now, can, as long as it's not the same answer for all the questions they ask you in the same interview. Do jazz right. it up. You have to be more dimensional than <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> very true. Very true. I got one more question for you, Carol. You are a busy person. And thank you so much for, for all those tips and tricks. But how can uh, people learn more about you and what you do? Well, like many, I, I have a website. Woohoo! Uh, so um, the website is relevant and there's a hyphen relevant hyphen or I call it a dash relevant dash insight dot com. Um, I have a book on Amazon called the ask framework, which is helping people understand that the interview is a conversation. Uh, so is work to ask for the information they want when they need it. Um, I also am on LinkedIn. Carol Stizza, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-T-I-Z-Z-A. And I welcome people to join me on LinkedIn and see what other things are going on. See our post, look at our, you know, grab our newsletter. I offer weekly coaching tips. Um, we like to communicate with people as much as people are willing to listen and read. So I look forward to meeting anybody in your audience and to make sure I've served them. I'm happy if they ask me questions. That's excellent. And we're going to have all of those links in the show notes. So make sure that you check out all of those resources that Carol's got. But Carol, thank you so much again for joining us today. I love all of those stories and all the tips that you gave to us. I hope that they make somebody's interview a lot more fun and easier. Thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. My name is Michael Manzano, knowing soon that you will get your offer letter.